Wow, that did not ruin my flow at all. Absolutely came in like a missile. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome to Back of the Grid. Um, From, uh, oh, wow, you've completely thrown me there. Um, Yes, we're here to talk the American Grand Prix, as you probably noticed from that intro. Uh, The American Grand Prix. You've completely thrown me. I was not expecting that. Uh, that (laughs) that That was Stu who was talking there. Say hello. Hello. Tom's also here. Yeah, we did. We did say that we would bring it back for this episode. So, <laughs> oh, good old Neil guy. Um, yes, USA Grand Prix from the bumpy, bumpy circuit of the Americas. Let's let's get straight into it because there's quite a lot to cover this week. It was, a, I thought, a really enjoyable race again. Not a ton of pre-race stuff to mention, other than the fact that the track was incredibly bumpy, which. The drivers seemed to start by complaining about, and then as the week sort of practice sessions went on, sort of went, actually, it's quite fun, kind of enjoying it. Um, drivers like Daniel Ricciardo, especially, who just <laughs> likes anything slightly out of the ordinary. <laughs> but yes, uh, we got a probably unexpected Bottas poll. I think, I mean, the predictions uh, that we'll get to later kind of tell the story that everyone just expects Hamilton to destroy everyone here and it just didn't pan out that way Mm. super close qualifying it was like four tenths covering the top three or four i think wasn't it yeah Yeah. it was bit of an anti-climax though like their their hot hot laps didn't weren't any quicker than their not yeah nobody went fast the second time round, did they yeah i feel like that's happened quite a few times this season Mm. it's like the track went away from them didn't it It yeah it kind of did cooled off because the bumps had the bumps had ruined their cars by that point. They couldn't go any faster. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely bump- ruined one of them, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into the race. Quite a bit happened at turn one. Um, at the front, uh, Verstappen got uh, around Vettel uh, fairly easily, which was just the beginning of Vettel being pretty slow, basically. Otherwise, the front was fairly tame. It was once you got back to Albon, where it kind of kicked off. He he kind of just got sandwiched, didn't he, between Sainz and Leclerc, who hadn't had the best of starts. He kind of looked like he's in an effort to get out of the way of Leclerc went into signs. Um, it was quite a big impact as well. Like at least one of them got launched into the air. It's um, yeah, Al- Albon was uh, was porpoising over the uh, over the bumps on the outside of the yeah. uh, the exit of the corner. Um, it looked like he got a little tiny bit of oversteer and it just pushed him out wide into um, into signs, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. Picked up some damage that required a pit stop at the end of lap one. Uh, went down as a racing incident, which I think is probably fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's one of those corners that always tightens up, isn't it? Like, it's it swings back on itself and sort of narrows down, and you always sort of see it end up going from three wide to single file because of the way that they're all scrambling to get into the S's. Mm. So you do kind of see that each year at turn one. And it's just about, I guess, who's bravest to either hold the line or stick it around the outside or something like that and and get into that formation going into the S's, really. It's actually a really cool first corner, I think, because there's like 10 lines going into it. Yeah, it's great. Probably about two lines through the middle of it, through the apex, and then about 
three or four lines on the way out of it, <laughs> including yeah. going wide. Yes, I mean, Raikkonen basically went up the hill with his car almost entirely on the curbs. He had about an inch of tyre just on the track. He just went straight up the curbs and drove around the outside for about four people while they were all like <laughs> squabbling on the inside. Yeah, it's Amazing. a super cool first corner. Lewis did, took advantage of a good start in a similar way, didn't he? Like he got off the line pretty well. Yeah. And he went up round the outside um, to sort of stay out of any squabbles on the air. It's kind of the safest so. place to be, isn't it? Most, mm. apart from for Albon and Science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless you're Albon. Apart from in that scenario, yes. <laughs> Safe assuming no one's like left the track and <laughs> yeah. around the outside that way. Um the the next the next few corners that I really like when the camera sort of yeah. faces sort of turns back on and and the cars are coming towards camera yeah and you can just see this sequence of cars zigzagging concertinaing through those first few corners they look so 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 cool as they come through there yeah they really do except on the first lap Vettel who I'm not sure he hit an apex through any of those S's because. The Ferraris just didn't work at the start of the race, did they? Um, no, especially not his. No, which ultimately led to Hamilton pulling a pretty audacious move going around the outside of 1S, yeah. which became the inside of the next one. That was an epic move, that one. It was, yeah, yeah so impressive. Um, obviously, yeah, aided by the fact that Vell just could not get the car turned in, but still, it was super impressive move. And I think that was straight away like okay Hamilton's not taking this easily like he know he he needs eighth for the championship but he does not want to be eighth like he's going for this yeah. race um yeah Vettel went on to lose places to Leclerc Norris and Ricardo by about two-thirds of the way through the first lap the, the Ferrari's kind of squabbling and dropping themselves further off the front three um Norris managed to get past Ricardo and Vettel in subsequent corners which was super duper impressive he was running fifth by the end of the first lap yeah. Um, <laughs> it had been impressive all weekend, to be honest. There was a time... He had, yeah. Like, it was Q1, wasn't it, where he set that time where he was sat at the top of the board. Like, Yeah. It, ju- it so just looked cool. super impressive all weekend for me. Considering he's never driven at this track, as far as I'm aware, as well. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a very... It. It's a very driver's track as well. Like, that first sector especially is properly tricky. Yeah, it was a bit of a greatest hits, isn't it? You've got sort exactly, of, yeah. Cop, we've said this before. It's got sort of cops, maggots, Beckett's kind of vibes on that and those first few S's. And then as you get further around, like towards the end of that, you've got the inverse turn seven from Turkey, um, which is if you don't know if you if you're new to or new if you, if you knew enough to form with one that you've never seen them race at Istanbul Park in Turkey before, um, check out a lap on YouTube of that because they look great through turn seven, eight, nine. Still miss that track. Yeah, mighty, mighty corner, that one. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not the USA Grand Prix. <laughs> that's not where we are. Um, yeah, Savelle lost those places on the first lap, but then he kind of seemed to be struggling to even keep up with the two Renault-powered cars ahead of him. Um, Leclerc as well, like, yes, he finished fourth, but it was a very distant fourth, and Ferrari just mm. seemed to have lost all all of this pace we've been used to them having. Um, so one thing going into this weekend was Red Bull asking for clarification and getting a technical directive from the FIA, which is normally when teams ask for a clarification, it means we think another team is doing this. 
in this case, it was essentially the fuel flow is measured at, it's not measured constantly, it's measured kind of intermittently throughout the lap. So what Red Bull asked is, would it be legal if the fuel flow went over the limit during these in-between times when you're not measuring it? Which obviously the answer is going to be no, but Hmm. that implies that that's what they think Ferrari are up to. Um, Really? Yeah. Ferrari said that that's nonsense. Um, They've not changed anything to do with their power units. The reason they were slower is because they were experimenting with setup and said they were trying to concentrate more on cornering speed than straight line speed. Not sure I completely buy that. No, but I I must point out Leclerc, um, by the time the race and, and qualifying proper was on, he was on an old engine. He was on a spec two engine, not the current spec engine of Ferrari. No, yeah, that's fair, I suppose. But even so, to be finishing the almost a minute down the road is not what we're used to from Ferrari in recent races. No. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it does. Um, it, it is hard to believe that it, this directive hasn't had an effect on their performance, and for them to come out as well and and sort of defend themselves. That's quite rare to see Ferrari actually defend mm. themselves. Normally, they'll just stay quiet. In years gone by, yeah. they just like keep their heads down, not say a word about it. But on this instance, they've they've felt the need to come out and say, nope, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I thought of that. That's interesting. Um, in a way, um, they're kind of... They've sort of got away with being asked too many questions about this, though, because uh, Vettel retired from the race pretty spectacularly when he's... Uh, suspension failed on the eighth lap um he yes. did really well to keep that in a straight line that could have been a much much bigger accident going through that particular corner yeah that yeah. that was a scary scary accident i thought that yeah was, could have been very it's not where you want to be sort of because it's, it's sort of uphill and over a bump but it was the bump that finally sort of caused it to go wasn't it um, yeah i my feeling on this is that i think that car from the start of the race before the lights even went out had something wrong with it. I feel like they've probably, it won't have been seen, but like maybe the suspension components just had such a hairline fracture in them or something like that. Something small. Yeah. It's not, you're not able to pick it up during Pipe Ferme. And um, it explained why he was understeering. He was understeering a lot. And if your rear suspension goes, you saw the way the cars lifted up at the front. When um, when it finally went, so if there's a weak point at the rear, it it would mean that the car's leaning back further down onto it more than it normally would, which would take all the weight off the front tires and cause understeer. Yeah, that's a good point actually. So honestly, I think that thing was going from the very beginning. And if you look at like the replays, especially when Leclerc goes by him, there's a difference in the amount of movement at the rear of both of those two cars. Vettel goes yeah. over the big bump and sort of has a real dip as he goes over it and um, Leclerc doesn't seem to have quite as much movement or suspension travel in his car as he goes over the same bump so yeah my feeling is that it was it was well on its way at that point yeah I think it might be on something there so in terms of the race the front the kind of we're in another another pit stop uh, tire strategy battle Um, it was it was almost Mexico take two, wasn't it? It was another diverging strategies um, kind of race. But on this occasion, they actually did come together. Um, yeah. So we have a Stappen and Bottas pit 
uh, kind of what you'd expect for a two-stop, uh, and Hamilton stayed out. Um, going as far as ignoring a uh, uh, call from the team to come in for an extra lap or two because he thought he could uh, keep them going a bit longer, which forced Bottas to actually pass him on track, which Hamilton didn't really defend, to be fair, did he, at that point in the race? Not really. Mm. He, 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 he did at one point, didn't he? But then he gestured at defending. Yeah. yeah. I think he kind yeah. of, at that point, knew once I get overtaken by my teammate who's already made a pit stop, it's probably time to come in. Mm. Um, so yeah, as expected, Bottas and Verstappen did make second stops and Hamilton chose not to. Um, we had the, the trademark Hamilton complain about his tyres not lasting the race. Um, yeah. Quite Which rightly, on this ex- to be fair to him, like, they, they yeah, didn't. <laughs> quite rightly, although to be fair, it was entirely on him this time. It's not like the team told him yeah. to stay out. This was this yeah. was all on him. Um, and lots of traffic nearly coming to his aid as well. Um, but yeah, Bottas did finally catch him with about four laps to go. Uh, this time, Hamilton did put up some very robust defence. That first move Bottas tried to make on him, where Hamilton kind of pushed him wide at the end of the back straight, was... Uh, Definitely robust, I thought. Yeah, it was, it was reminiscent of the older Bahrain moves against Rosberg. Yes, did, it really it? was. Yeah. Which, it's not very often we've seen the two of them having a proper scrap for the lead. There was Silverstone this year, and there was the one in Azerbaijan where even then they took it fairly casually. Yeah, Hamilton gave him loads of space in Azerbaijan, didn't he? He even admitted after the race that he was too much of a gentleman with him. But yeah, not this time. Um, but yeah, like it was at that point, it was a matter of time, wasn't it? And Bottas ultimately got him on the next lap. Verstappen was kind of bearing down as well. Verstappen had pretty impressive pace for the whole race. He was right on Bottas for most of the first stint um, and probably would have got Hamilton, do we think, if not for that yellow flag at the end? I think he'd definitely been in play if it wasn't for the yellow flags at the end, yeah. Yeah, he, he looked like he backed out of it down the straight a little bit, didn't it? It looked like he yeah. sort of he was catching him, and then it was like, oh, yellow flag. You almost saw the body language of the car go, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like it groaned. <laughs> um, yes, that was the yellow flag for Magnussen, who'd had a brake failure with a couple of laps to go. It looked, it looked to me like Hamilton cleared the traffic like just at the right time when Vettel was chasing him down, uh, when Verstappen was chasing him down. Yeah, he did. He definitely had an easier time with the traffic than. Bottas and Verstappen did for the most part, I think. Um, yeah. It worked in his favour, didn't it? I yeah, definitely. I think Bottas yeah, well, would have he, caught him a few laps earlier if not for the traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hamilton like cleared the last of the traffic towards the end of the race just as um, just, just as he got to the end of turn, just as he got into turn one. And Verstappen cleared it there as well. Whereas what Verstappen would have needed would have been for maybe Hamilton to clear that traffic after the S's get held up a bit in the S's and then he would have had a chance at getting close and, and overtaking down the back straight. But yeah, it just wasn't to be, was it? Yeah, I did enjoy at one point they were coming up to uh, Russell uh, and Hamilton hadn't got him at turn one and he was looking like he was going to be stuck behind him all the way through yeah. the S's and Russell just basically dived out of the way and practically came to a stop to let them through. Yeah. It's like, you're Mercedes driver here, not going to get in your way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Off you go, do you think? Um, but yeah, that yellow flag basically saved second place for Hamilton, I think. Um, Magnussen had a brake failure, which he was not best pleased about. I think he'd be on the radio to the team saying 
these breaks are terrible and I'm getting worried about them. And they were kind of like, nah, keep going, it'll be fine. And then he basically had a brake explosion, which could have been quite nasty. But as it was, it happened at the end of the back straight. So he had plenty of runoff. Um, And yeah, that was kind of the race at the front, wasn't it really? It was, as I say, very much another strategy one that actually came together on the track this time. Um, Bottas very pleased to at least deny Hamilton uh, the win if he couldn't stop him uh, taking his sixth world title. Um, That's four wins now this season for Bottas, which is the most he's ever got. It's also the most points he's ever got and he's now guaranteed second place, which is the best he's ever done. So still not a bad season for him. Success. I'd call that a successful season. I'd call that a success as well. He definitely kind of went off the board a little bit mid-season, but... He's, he's kind of bookended the season very well. Um, and like he's winning races at the moment on tracks like here and like Suzuka, which are very much driver's tracks, which is which yeah. says a lot for him, I think. I thought he drove fantastically yeah. this weekend. Yeah. He just needs a good book middle, doesn't he? That's, he does, yeah. That's the next yeah. step. And he needs Hamilton to have some bad luck, which does not seem to be coming his way at the moment. No, no. Um, not to take anything away from the fact that He's just won a sixth world title, which is just wild. Um, like, just not a thing you ever thought you'd yeah. hear again, is it really? Like, that it's Schumacher just... record seemed so far away from anything else that could be achieved, really. It's a monumental achievement. Like, there's even if he even if he doesn't win another one, then you know this is just absolutely it's, un- it's not un- not quite unprecedented, but it's. Uh, I, uh, you could say it is unprecedented because, like you say, we never thought anyone would be able to match the Schumacher record. Like, you know, think of Hamilton's first world championship. I remember where I was for that world championship. Right? Yeah. We were in the living room in, in our old uni flat, Chris. <laughs> yeah. And we were jumping up and down. And that at that point, like, that was absolutely enough, wasn't it? To have a British world champion for us Brits and to without sounding too Brexit, and um, to, <laughs> to, to see such a, young, such a young driver do it as well was like a really, really special, exciting thing. And we thought, well, when we, I think we were witnessing history, but who, who would have thought at that point that he'd come this far and he'd be on the verge now of, of matching the, the official GOAT, <laughs> like the, the official yeah. greatest. It's, it's yeah. pretty amazing. It really is. I mean, he's what, like, I think he's like eight wins off Schumacher's wins record and obviously one championship less now, um, which if you measure it purely on statistics, yes, he's like on the way to beating those records. But I've already seen people making the argument that he's already the greatest of all time. And I think there's definite arguments to be made there. Yeah. Maybe we'll dig into that at some point in the future, maybe postseason. Yeah. But either way, it's... Ridiculous we'll, we'll achievement. Have a, we'll, we can have a fanboy special. <laughs> we need to get a, a diehard Schumacher fan on to uh, fight that corner. Yeah, yeah. Sure, we can find one somewhere. Yeah, do you think we'll be able to find a diehard Rosberg fan anywhere? Yeah, mm. easy. Do you mean Nico I Rosberg? You. <laughs> yeah, we'll just get Nico <laughs> Rosberg on. <laughs> I'm sure he'd come on. <laughs> he, Nico Nico. Go on anything. Just give him a microphone <laughs> and wind him up and he'll go. <laughs> <laughs> talk about how someone's career's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about how good Hamilton was. And that one he time he beat be, him in case you'd forgotten. 
Yeah, it could make it. <laughs> it could make a uh, make us a really nice clickbaity headline or something like that, or some nice like Photoshop photoshopping himself into. I tell you something. what, it could it could definitely do as an image thumbnail. Oh yeah, yeah. some nice flames and. <laughs> They'd be better than shirt. my ones. They'd be better than the ones <laughs> I do. Drop us a bell, Nico. Um, what else happened? We had some late drama from Kvyat as well. Um, the second race in a row, he decided to make a last lap lunge on someone and made a hash of it, I think it's fair to say. Um, <laughs> this time, Perez on the receiving end, uh, Kvyat got himself a five-second penalty, which dropped him out of the points for the second race in a row. Um, it really very much was just another Mexico, wasn't it, this race? like. <laughs> Just like copy and paste my notes from it. Um, speaking of Perez, um, he with that five second penalty for Kvyat, Perez did keep that tenth place, which meant he scored a point from the pit lane, uh, which is a damn impressive drive. Uh, passed more than anyone else on the track to do it. Um, why did he start from the pit lane? Actually, I've forgotten already. It was something like negligible wasn't it oh wasn't it like a waybridge infringement or something like yes, that yes that was it he um he missed the waybridge he was called to come into the waybridge you clearly see it like his name's on the board the waybridge is right there on the left yeah and he just drives straight past it yeah it's a shame for them really because they had some really good pace on sunday if they had actually been able to qualify well i think they could have been on for probably their best resort of the season couldn't they could have been yeah yeah for one of the cars anyway um <laughs> <laughs> Stroll had a less good afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Um also had a really good comeback drive from Albon. Um as you mentioned earlier, he had to pit at the end of lap one uh, for fairly significant damage, I think, from that uh clash with signs. Um he actually ended up doing a three stop strategy um because he didn't have any hard tires left. I don't know if you've seen this. Basically, I think he was on FP three, he went out on his last set of hard tyres, and when he brought them back, Prelly noticed some kind of damage to them and basically said to Red Bull, sorry, you're not allowed to use these anymore. And But as per the rules, they don't get a replacement set. So because he had no uh, hards left and had to pit on lap one, they had to put him on a three-stop strategy. Yeah, wasn't um, it cold cracking? Or a co- yeah, cold cracking, whatever that means. Um, mm. Yeah, so he basically had to pit three times and drive all the way through the field after every one um, and still managed to claim another fifth place, which is, yeah. again, very... Imp- I remember thinking when we dropped to the back at the end of the first lap, thinking that's his run of fifth and sixth place he's done. And it wasn't. Yeah. Um, did you see the interview where they told him he'd got driver of the day? No. No, I've not come, seen that. I can't which channel it was. They were like, oh, congratulations, good race. Oh, and you've got driver of the day. And he just kind of pulled a face and went... Really? No, I don't, don't know about that. I don't feel like I deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> Albon could yeah. Albon could win a race and not feel like he deserves it. Yeah, he really yeah. could. He could win the championship six times and feel like he doesn't deserve it. That yeah, guy. Like, like, mm, he, no. he does himself that. down so much. <laughs> Gasly uh, retired with suspension damage after he had got coming together with Perez at one point. Uh, that drops him in the standings from 6th to 8th um, because Albon has jumped ahead of him as we kind of said was likely to happen this week um, and Sainz has also jumped ahead of him. Ricardo is another really strong driver worth, worth mentioning. Um, he managed to finish best of the rest but only four tenths ahead of Norris who was all over him right at the end. Um, they had a good fight those two through the race. Really good fight, yeah. Fights. Yeah. Really enjoyable that. Um, 
Hulkenberg also got in the points and that's actually the first time Renault have got a double points finishing back-to-back races the entire season, which what? probably says less for the rest of their season than it does for this race, but there we go. Um, doesn't mean who, they close the gap. needs an automated break by a system, huh? They've genuinely <laughs> been better since that whole thing came out, haven't they? They've had yep. two really <laughs> solid races. I think it's pure coincidence that, that it's I'm sure that it way, is, but... but... It's it does make hilarious. it look like, why did you have it in the first place? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what's it been adding to? <laughs> Very silly. Um, but yeah, despite that, they didn't close the gap to McLaren um, as they also got 10 points. Um, and that's kind of about the gist of the race, isn't it? It was, again, a very a strategist race, which yeah, it, it was I a good really one. enjoyed. It had, it had that sort of, it did have a big old lull in the middle, I thought. But um, I missed half of the middle of it, so because I was working. But <laughs> well, it um, would be a lull if you weren't watching it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but then, from what you know, from what I was seeing, it didn't look like it was so alive when I left it to do my job. And then when I sort of rejoined it towards the end, it's, it looked like I livened. It, it was livening up just as I rejoined it. You know, I, I wasn't not watching it; I was half watching it. I had my eyes on it. Um, so yeah, it was nicely bookended, like you said, like just like um, just like Bottas's season. season. Yeah, it was nicely bookended with like a strong start and a strong finish with a <laughs> middle. <laughs> so, all that being said, shall we pick a driver of the day? Let's. Uh, well, my vote went to Albon at the time, um, and I think I'd stick with that. To be totally honest with you, like. It's obviously easy to pick someone at the front. It was a solid drive from Bottas, um, uh, but I just I re I had a lot of appreciation for the way that Albon came back from the the incident at the start to, like you say, dr- you know, go on a, an unfavored three stop strategy and have to drive through people each time to claim the position that he did, and it just yeah. makes you a little good that he had to do that and if he'd been able to go for the strategy that they possibly wanted to do, makes you wonder if he, if he would have been where Max is and claiming his first podium. Uh, That's well, the interesting if- thing, isn't it? Like This is the first time since I've been teammates that Verstappen has actually beaten him on the road and it would have been interesting to see if that actually happened in a genuine race and not one where Albon was kind of hobbled from the start. Yeah. Yeah. Um- I think he probably would have beat Leclerc if he'd not had the incident. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know that he would have beat his teammate. I think um, Verstappen was pretty mighty around here in comparison to Albon this weekend. He was very quick. Yeah, it's a shame. We we were kind of robbed. Um, For me, I struggle to give him driver of the day because he's in a Red Bull. And yeah, (laughs) you know, he did did overtake a lot of cars and he did work hard to, to finish where he did. But he's in far superior machinery to all the cars that he got by. So for me, I'd, I'm more leaning towards um, a Ricardo or a Sainz, or not a Sainz, sorry, or a Norris or something like that. Probably Ricardo, I'd say. Um, yeah, best of the rest is always a good shout. Yeah, yeah. That, I was very no, tempted by. Me. I was very tempted by Perez as well. He was. I thought he was really good yeah. to to Just get a point weekends. from the pit lane. Yeah. Two strong weekends in a row from Perez. Yeah, really is. Um, they've <laughs> we've finally seen to get some pace from the racing point with uh, 
three weekends to go. Yeah. We need to elect a leader. We're, uh, it's, we're it's a tricky one, this. There's quite a few. Hmm. My my vote was initially Perez, but I could be persuaded by Albon or Ricardo. I could that doesn't help. probably be <laughs> persuaded by Albon, I think. I don't quite think Perez. And I Albon no longer want to. Albon, and I <laughs> want Perez. Ace. <laughs> <laughs> It is one of those. Like I'd, I'd happily take any of the three. Like if it wasn't for Al- if it wasn't for Albon getting to where he did after three pit stops, I'd have probably picked Ricardo. So Norris as well. Yeah, Norris. I think Norris fa- like gave us huge entertainment at the start and at the end. Yeah, I think the fact that Albon had to do it with one more pit stop than everyone else has maybe tipped me over the edge to going for Albon. Actually, let's give it to him again. Okay, let's go. Yeah, I can live with that. I can. Democracy that. prevails. <laughs> uh, what about a move of the day? Even though it was against a potentially wounded car, the one from Lewis round the outside to the inside of Vettel really stood out for me early. Yeah. And I was kind of, after that move, I was kind of looking for something to beat that. Like, that happened so early that it was in my head as oh, that's my candidate for move of the day already. Like, somebody needs to do something to beat that. Do you know what I mean? That's what I was yeah. thinking at the time. I like it so, when that happens. It's just like yeah. you, you've got something early on to compare everything else to rather yeah. than trying to pick it out throughout the race. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that that one did stand out. But the, the Perez one was good on... Oh, it was one of the Toro Rossos, wasn't it? Was it Kvyat? Kvyat, yeah. Kvyat was yeah. kind of hampered slightly by some very suspect he's defending from Stroll um, and Perez kind of took advantage of that and got past him through the stadium section it was still a, a decent yeah. move on its own um, but he kind of got some Stroll assistance <laughs> um, Ricardo's move on Norris was quite good as well he sort of he was a typical Ricardo late on the brakes from absolutely miles back move yeah when we eventually yeah. saw it because we watched the yeah. goddamn replay of the start right in the middle of that battle and then missed missed the battle unfold you're not allowed to watch lap three live if we know this, do you? It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's ridiculous. No matter what's happening, we religiously watch a replay unless there's a, <laughs> unless there's like a VSC or an actual safety car. It's oh, it's really yeah. frustrating. Yep. Um. Anyway, um, I'm with Tom on this one. I feel like the the Hamilton move is the big standout. I think so too. Me. Just going around the outside at that at that part of the track. That's not really a you know, an overtaking zone where he did it. So he, yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah, maybe Vettel's car was a little bit, we reckon maybe a little bit damaged, but at that point in the race, it's still a difficult move. You're on yeah. cold tires, you're off the line where it's going to be dirty out there. Yeah, all those things. It put, puts a lot of faith in the other guy as well, I think that, because you you trust in that he's not going to drift out wide, he's not going to try and take the next apex and... I think there's a lot of there's a lot of respect between the two of them these days. Um, I think that was shown by the way that Seb went to find Lewis in the cooldown yeah. after and like say congratulations, mate. Like the, I think between them, there's a lot of appreciation and respect for one another. And I think a move like that kind of shows it because going back to sort of Lewis's half comments about how he'd avoid. Max, which he seems to bring up every so often, 
it kind of makes you think, would he have done that if it was Max that he was trying to get around the outside of? Yeah. Uh, would he have risked it kind of thing? Because Probably not. Yeah. So it puts a lot of faith in the other guy, I think, a move like that as well. Definitely. Yeah, I can go with Hamilton for sure. Cool. That's that one then. And then finally. Honestly, what the f*** are we doing here? I've got a few for this, actually. I was initially yeah. struggling, and the more I've thought about it, the more I can think of. Hmm. Who wants to? Who wants to go first? Who's going to go first? Who's got one? I'll start with one that I wanted to mention that, but we definitely won't give it to. Is the fact that basically everyone except Mercedes and Red Bull just seem to forget how to pit stop. Like the pitch <laughs> stops just all seem to fall to pieces for a while. Like I think I tweeted during the race there was a. It's kind of weird that we're at a point where you watch a three point four second pit stop and it looks really really slow. But yeah, there seem to be yeah. loads of pit stops in the kind of three and a half to seven second range. Like, <laughs> that's a massive, bizarrely, that's a huge window, isn't it? Like, it is, but there were yeah, lots it's in so there. Weird. And and it was much the same in Mexico as well. Maybe it's because it's the end of the season, everyone's starting to like think about their their winter holidays already. You know what? Or no, I, I, I absolutely have no doubt that like people when you go and do do these back to backs. I mean, we're just sitting in like the F1 offices sort of doing work on social and we're all absolutely empty shells of human beings over there at the moment because we've had a really, really busy period. And I've no doubt it's come, it's exactly the same. It's probably far, far worse for the pit crew. Yeah. So yeah, Throw they're going to make international mistakes. flights into the mix. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, definitely. Absolutely. That must be symptomatic of the, just the intense schedule that they're under and the point we're at in the season. Yeah, totally. Any more? Well, I've got David Croft's comment at the end, which I'm gonna have, which we're all gonna have to listen to, time and time and time again. Now, <sighs> yeah, um, when he said six appeal, because it's a sex thing, isn't it? <sighs> Just what's that? I have he 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 he. Yeah, he was particularly annoying this weekend, I thought. He really, really was. And l- like you say, that he, the clip of Hamilton crossing the line to win his championship is a clip that's going to be played over and over again. And that's what he decided to say at that exact yeah, moment yeah. in history. He's ruined it. Forever, yes, basically. Forever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's a serious point to this, though. And it's like, for me, like, it's almost trivializing, like, a huge, 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 monumental achievement by by a by an athlete, and I don't think I don't think that's right. I don't think you should just taint it with no. some shit pun. Just like it should be yeah. like it should have some respect for what this guy like, achieved. I know it's not quite the same thing, but compare that to the infamous scene of Damon Hill winning the world championship in Suzuka where Murray Walker is literally about to cry because exactly. it's one of his best friend's yeah. sons, like a family friend, crossing the line to win a world title, and he's literally choked up and can't finish his sentence. Yeah, yeah. It, it just shows you, like, that, that comment to me that he made as Hamilton crossed the line just shows you the gulf between David Croft, uh, an old white man in a commentary box, and <laughs> the world. And the rest of the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even like, like, I was never a huge fan of James Allen's commentary, but if you go back and listen to uh, Lewis's first title, you know, the infamous Is That Glock and all of that, like him and Martin Brundle there, they like pitched that 
perfectly. Like they got the level of excitement right. They there's some genuine drama. Like neither of them had sat there and thought of something ahead of time witty yeah. that they could say to. That's, this is exactly it. Every time yeah. I hear him say "lights out and away we go," I cringe a little bit. Like part of me dies every time I hear him say that. It it's like he's it, again comparing him to the great man himself, but it's like he's trying to get his own version of "go go go." Yeah, like, it is that, really that is. Murray it's exactly used to what do. it is. You, you know, it's like you 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 know he's sat down before he's taken that job and gone right. What can I say that is, um, you know, that is Murray Walker. Like it's almost like he's sat down in like a a conference room in one of those um, marketing suites. Um, Give me your best Murray. Like yeah, he's had like a <laughs> yeah. focus. He must have tried like a few different ones on focus group to see which one <laughs> resonated best with different audiences. It's just like, oh, on a, ooh, he just really, really grinds my gears, that guy. <laughs> so that's one. Um, <laughs> speaking, speaking of weird things at the end of the race, the fact that we watched... Bottas crossed the line, watched Hamilton cross the line, then watched Matthew McConaughey smiling. Like, <laughs> why Why are we looking at him? Well, like, yeah. What yeah, relevance he, did he have? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's great. Don't get me wrong. Great actor. Love his stuff. I'm watching a Formula One race right now. I don't particularly <laughs> want to see him chilling out in his cowboy hat and his aviators. Yeah, it was It was a bit of a what? And he's, yeah. Those know. pearly whites bring a lot to the table, guys. Don't underestimate yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Bizarre. Mm. Not the funny thing about that is not even like the kids know who he is. Like he's he's <laughs> he's yeah he's a big actor. He's a well respected and he's a great actor. He's well respected in his field. But does you know does your average sort of does your young motorsport fan, which is obviously they get a celeb in because they resonate with the youngsters and people. You know, yeah, exactly. Like to see celebs, is he pulling that audience <laughs> into Formula? Yeah, probably it's an odd not. But guys, yeah. he drives a Lincoln. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a reference if you know American commercials. <laughs> so our American listeners probably get that better than most. Yeah, I don't even get he that He drives one. a Lincoln. <laughs> I'm a car guy and I don't get that one. Um, other WTFs. Uh, I mean, we have to mention the return of the, return of the torpedo. Yeah. Um, the return of the return of <laughs> yeah last last weekend was the return of the torpedo this was the return of the return of the torpedo <laughs> the sequel torpedo strikes back <laughs> yeah that's a classic we've yeah. given that WTF many times before though I don't think we can get away with doing that I feel like that one's um, <laughs> you know it's, it's old hat now <laughs> it's boilerplate yeah. that isn't it oh yeah be that. yeah you can have it <laughs> you've got this from from the point of view of watching the race and being on Twitter at the same time, the thing that stands out most for me is the insistence on carry on using these tire life graphics because <laughs> Twitter was incredibly entertaining for all the wrong reasons every time they popped upon the screen. <laughs> yeah. They it's, just. It's just it's so, so obviously silly. not real. <laughs> it's. It's utter nonsense. It's, the thing yeah. is, the problem that they do, the problem that I have with it is that this AWS stuff. If you look around, like their output around a race, I have to be careful here. But when you look around the output around a race, like a lot of the stuff we're seeing coming out of that is like kind of a rehash of stuff that we've already had in the past. So, like there was one yeah. that had a G-force graphic thing on it. 
and it was just like a box with an arrow in it and didn't really and and a number and it did can you remember the old GeForce graphic that we used to get and it was like a like radar the circle meter and it yeah. was a circle yeah, meter the yeah circle. there was a dot in the middle and it'd move around in time with the car because it was based on the telemetry of the car um so what's happened there is they've made a new graphic and they've managed to make it worse than one that was available <laughs> to us in the year 2000 <laughs> 19 years ago so that tells you everything you need to know about AWS, doesn't it? Really? Like there comes a point where you are just making it look worse. And yeah, that's what's happening here, especially with these tire graphics as well. And the way Croft again, Crofty, the way he's sort of forcing the issue with it and, you know, keeps crassly pointing out these graphics. Like he's, someone's gone to, Someone from Sky have obviously done sort of some sort of deal with AWS where they, I think you know, it was F one. You know, like it. if you if you look at if you look at the whole scenario, where if you watch a YouTube video on the F one channel, it will ninety nine percent be um, like preloaded with an AWS F one themed advert and. If you, if anyone out there is in the industry that I am and uses things like Amazon Web Services, you will notice that the AWS website is plastered in Formula One cars and the fact oh, that really? they work with Formula One. Yeah, like it, they're obsessed with each other at the minute. And the thing is, it's not necessarily AWS's fault. It's because AWS is just like, without getting into what I do with it, it's just a way of two pieces of data talking to each other, essentially. That yeah. in its most yeah, that... layman's terms, it's just a middleman that facilitates data A talking to data B. That is the weird thing, though. It's like, like I I know what AWS is and have for a while, and obviously so do you, Tom, because we have jobs that use, like you say, their services for bits of software talking to each other and data being moved yeah. around. Why they need to advertise? Because that you know that's essentially what this is. This is them advertising through the medium of sport. But like, yeah, your average person sat watching F one races and go, "Oh, might get myself a bit of Amazon Web Services after this." Like, mm. what are they hoping to achieve? It's so weird. Like yeah. the 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 apps, the sort of pinpoint WTF moment for me in this race was there was a point where you saw Hamilton's tire life about five laps apart, and suddenly they dropped like. 30 percent and like i mean yeah that matches kind of the drama of what's happening right now but not a single person watching this believes that's actually what's happening with these tires like Mm. yeah yeah it's like the only way you believe that is if what have they fallen off the cliff there's just not the problem is the execution like if you could see it there must be a better way of of showing that off the top of my head right now sitting here with you guys i can't like think off the top of my head how you would show that information other than the way they've done it but i think the way you do do it is you kind of it's, it's a graphic that needs to be up for a lot longer you can't just pop in and say oh his front tires are has more wear than yeah. his rear tires like that's that doesn't really tell a story that doesn't add no. anything to the narrative and it's the same with the the other thing that they do is the it's the pit stop window thing, isn't it? Where it's like the the chances of someone getting by in the pits, and that just takes the drama away. That just takes the 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 poise away of what's going to happen. 
honestly, every time that graphic appears on the screen, I my brain tunes it out at this point. I don't pay any attention. Yeah, same. <laughs> so it's like you have to wonder if it's making Amazon it's actually just making AWS look bad at this point. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not even a good advert for them. I don't know. It's weird. Because it's just pissing off all the fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just laughing at them online. Yeah. So, is there anything else for WTF that anyone has in mind? No. I think I've got myself the sack there, but no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to mute you for the last like yeah. five or ten minutes of the podcast. Okay, I think we're going to give that to Tire Life Graphics Ten is the conclusion <laughs> yeah. of that. Shall we move on to some predictions? We can do, yes. Um, overall, a very low-scoring week because nobody had faith in Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> <laughs> or not many people did anyway. A very small handful did. Uh, high scoring this week, there were two people who scored a mighty two points. That was Tom Mayhew and Kevin Cosgrave. Tom went with Valtteri as a winner and Ricardo in sixth, and Kevin went with Valtteri Fastest Qualifier with Ricardo in sixth. So, <laughs> ye of little faith. <laughs> um, in terms of us, Stu and I picked up a point each. Um, Stu's was for 16 finishers. Mine was for Ricardo in sixth. Um, Chris, unfortunately, you've got nothing there this no. week. Close. Yeah. Nobody had Vettel as first DNF. Um, but the only person who had Kubitzer's first DNF was Sarah Simpson, so she picked up half a point and was the only person to do so. Oh, nice. Um, in terms of the overall standings, uh, that leaves uh, Timothy George at the top still on 27.5. Uh, Max Couton is in second still on 25.5, and, a half, and uh, Jonathan Corsi-Aguia is uh, on 25 points, so that is extremely close. And there's a number of people still very much in that fight. Um, it's down, all the way down to like 17th place. It, there's only three points in it. So it's still very, very close at that top end. Um, as for us, I am in 47th on 17 points. And Stu and Chris, you are both on in 68th on 15. <sighs> You've called me up. Equal yeah, so 68. Stu's pulled it. Yeah, Stu's pulled a point back on Chris this week, and I pulled a point away. Damn and it. Two, two points in it. Mm, two, two points races to go. With two to go, yeah. Oh, this is all to play for. Two this is against the, the wire. Tight. really is. Could be anyone. Definitely. Get your predictions in early next week. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to see where you are, head to backofthegrid.com, where all the results and the standings are. And obviously, if you've not joined in yet this year, you can register for the uh, last couple of races this season. Yes, um, we'll do a quick bit of news. Um, it was announced uh, only about an hour or two before we start recording that Giovinazzi has got a one-year extension at Alfa Romeo. That means there's now only one seat left on the grid, which is at Williams. Um, although, it, in all likelihood, that is going to go to Latifi, especially as we're going to start seeing him in uh, practice sessions for the last couple of races, which looks like Hulkenberg has run out of options for a seat next season now, um, unless Williams do something very unexpected. Although Hulkenberg himself has said he's not particularly interested in a Williams seat if they're going to be at the back again. Well, yeah. that's um, one way of doing yourself out of it, even if you did want it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, another year for Giovinazzi. Um, I'm, I'm fairly happy with that. I think we all pretty much put him back in that seat for next year, didn't we? 
I think we did, yeah. When we did predictions. So mm. I think we all sort of saw him getting another year and just see how it goes from there. Um, he seems to have got better as the year's gone on, in fairness. He does. He seems to have had a decent end to the season, which is possibly what's helped him get the extension. But um, he just needs to build on it next year. If he builds on it and then continues improving, he's got every chance of you know staying around longer as well. But he does need to kind of build on it and just get some consistency, I guess. Yeah, he's not been scoring a ton of points, but then neither has Raikkonen in the second half of the season. But he has yeah. managed to out-qualify Raikkonen on a few occasions recently, which is impressive in itself. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, we've also had this in the last week. Uh, the 2021 rules have now been agreed and lots of nice renders of cars and things have been uh, released. Um, there's way too much to talk about to just drop it in the middle of an episode. So I imagine we'll probably go a bit more in-depth in that in a future episode. Um, yeah, we we should do a quick top line on what we think of it. Like, what we do good. we like it? Do we not like, like it? it? It's <laughs> yeah, basically. I I really like it. Um, you like it? Tom likes it. Yeah. Did you say? Yeah. I do like it now. Not because you two <laughs> like it. You were unsure to start <laughs> with. I, I was unsure. I was very unsure to begin with, but I've since seen. Over the weekend, the, the the sort of aero model car, like the the scale model, was around, and that looks a lot better. I think in the yeah in the carbon fiber or whatever material it is they've built it out of, it looks better in that than the 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 model that they that was in the video. I think just the the. I don't know whether it was like the lack of realism to it or something like that, or there was just something mm. about the renders of it that just looked really off to me. But actually seeing it you know, in real, then yeah, I do like it a lot better. And there's actually a, there's a render of it in the McLaren, this year's McLaren livery. Yeah, that's really looks, good. Yeah, it looks really realistic in that render <laughs> as well. And yeah, I really like that. So I've, I've swung in favor of it. I, I was really, when I yeah. first saw it and it was, uh, you know, I helped put together the stuff that was going out um, on digital for all the announcements when I first saw it in that, I, my heart sunk. I was like, oh, goodness, I'm not. I'm really not sure about this car. <laughs> but actually, I've come around and, yeah, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll look really cool once it's got all the actual liveries on it. I um, I really liked, because, yeah, they had for the press conferences, they kind of had, it was like a third or two-thirds scale model of the car actually there in America, yeah. like, <clears throat> in the um, press conferences. Yeah. And... The one of the journalists there was like, so the, the model's there. Um, Max, what do you think of it? And he went, mm, looks a bit small. And George Russell <laughs> and I think it's Gianni Ricardo both went, oh, that was my joke. You've stolen it. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah, banter. Press great, conference great banter. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I mean, you were the only so person watching the press conference, Chris. <laughs> I'm not sure. Hopefully, more those. people will watch it ne- uh, from tw- next season or whenever it is when they move it to the Friday to condense the race weekend schedule. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, go, yeah. On topic. Yeah. <laughs> Smooth. I bet all the team personnel were thrilled was like about a really, that. I, I love how that was like a really big selling point for the way the, the, the yeah. thing. It's like, as part of it, the driver's press conference will now be moved from Thursday to Friday. Like, does yeah. anyone like, care that much? Like, yeah. I know I watch it as a as an obsessed nerd, but does anyone really care what day it's on? No. <laughs> Oh, also in the new rules, then, was the thing that we've suggested on multiple occasions, which is that 
every team will have to run a young driver in at least two practice sessions, I think yeah, it is. So, that, uh, is a, that is a good thing. It's, it's a gla- glad you're listening, Ross. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. someone that's completed yeah. two or less races, isn't it? I think. Yes, it is. Yeah. Although, I was... Ross, it's a shame you didn't listen to us and got your 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 sprint race idea all wrong. All uh, right. Yeah. Ross. Although <laughs> I was I was talking to someone at work about this new young driver rule. Would it mean that, let's say, Williams do sign Latifi next season? I mean, they're all 2021, but use next season example. Williams sign Latifi, they have to run a driver that's done less than two Grand Prix in at least two practice sessions. So does that mean for the first two races of the season, they can go, oh, he's a young driver, he's done less than two races, and just have their two race drivers for every single session? Because technically... Um, technically, yes. I <laughs> yeah, I'm they, sure. Actually, yeah, they would have fulfilled the criteria at that point. Yeah, I'm exactly. Sure they'd probably, You know what? The, the rule makers probably haven't even thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're listening, Ross, close yeah. that loophole. Yeah, he's not. He's not <laughs> listening, is he? If it, if he was listening, we'd have a we'd have a sprint race. We'd have had a of, summons by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have had that, or I'd I'd have been getting the sack, and we're not getting booked anymore. <laughs> or um, they, or there would be a sprint race on a Saturday morning instead of qualifying. <laughs> I'm going to keep banging that drum. <laughs> We've had an email here from Bross Rawn. Can't imagine who that is. <laughs> it turns out he is the Jean Dennis Deltras person. Oh, <laughs> imagine! Oh, what a plot twist that would That'd be. That'd be amazing. I wouldn't. Yeah, maybe it's like because we said they were. We think they're American, don't we? So yeah, like, we do. It's like Chase Carey or like. Sean oh, amazing! <laughs> That'd be so cool. <laughs> um, speaking of emails uh, let's do some inbox for which courtesy of oh friend of the goodness. show Ashley Foster aka Yuka Snaily we have a brand new jingle which you two haven't heard yet have you so uh, well I'm about let's... to push play on something I've never heard so I'm yeah, let's play could the new inbox jingle yeah okay Is... uh, keep me saying now but stay but stay what? what? <laughs> hey man! <laughs> it's the hey man that gets me every yeah, time. Do that again. Do man. that again. Okay. Is keep me saying now. Stay, stay Hey man. <laughs> I didn't notice the hey man the first time. That's really good. And the laughter in the background—that's really funny. The I really um, like that. the the chorus is it's one bono. About five ashes, about four of our friend Charlie, and about three of me. <laughs> and that was wow. how we spent our Saturday night. <laughs> wow, that must have been really difficult to record because it's actually really on. It's in tune yeah. and on key and like. Harmonic. Oh, you know what? You know what they're like once they get into yeah, oh, yeah. making yeah. some harmonies. Oh my goodness! Anyway, I mean they've gone. They've gone harmony mad there. <laughs> Love it. But yes, that jingle means we're in the inbox, so let's do some. Oh, it's my, yeah, it's me, isn't it, to do first one? Okay, Um, Alex Thompson says, Great race, thoroughly tense and enjoyable and amazing to see Lewis get another title. Probably the GOAT now now with his record of sportsmanship, speed, consistency and ruthlessness. 2020 should see him beat Shumi's 91 wins and maybe match his seven titles. Good on him. Long may it continue. Oh, that's a nice message from Alex. Yeah, isn't it? very much agree. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, next is from Dat's Life. Uh, I'm a bit lost with how they work out DNFs and classified drivers. <laughs> Magnussen spun off before the end, but he is classified as finishing 90% distance rule, question mark. Mm-hmm. And then Gasly is also down as a DNF, but he's classified higher than Russell, who did finish. Some clarity needed. Um, lap down, Russell, was he? Basically, yes. Yeah. So you're right with Magnussen did more than 90%, so he's technically classified and then Russell did finish but did less laps than Gasly did so although he finished he he's still lower than him I think that's right yeah that makes sense because Gasly would have been ahead of him on track for more yeah. than one lap so you'd need to you need to unlap yourself before you can be ahead of someone yeah, yeah exactly Gasly did more of the race distance than Russell did yeah. you can't unlap yourself after the race is I, finished I think the thing would be is why is Magnussen classified, but um, Gasly isn't? But I don't think Magnussen was classified in the end, was he? Magnussen went down as uh, a, Magnussen's down as an official DNF now. I think it was just the way the graphics were shown at the end of the race, to be honest, because there was a point near the end of the race where Vettel was still shown as an active driver in the pits. Yeah, so yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have too much faith in those graphics. <laughs> But yeah, they, Magnus they, they is... shaved a lap off last race, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um Gasly and Magnuson are both classified, but they are also DNFs. Yeah. Whereas Kubitzer and Vettel are not classified and DNF because they didn't do 90% distance. This is correct. He's basically okay. um wow. oh speaking of earlier, the John Den- the John Dennis Delatras posting experience, that's our next one. Um, I thought Max Verstappen was maturing, but the last few races seem to have brought a return to old Max, coinciding with Alex Albon finding himself in the Red Bull. Does competition from within the team unsettle Max into becoming an inconsistent driver, or is it just a coincidence that he was great with Gasly and not so with Albon around? And then that also ties in with one from Michael Coleman saying, do you think that since Albon has come to Red Bull and started putting on a good show, Verstappen's confidence has been shaken a little bit. Uh, he did well when Gasly was in the other car, but Gasly was no threat in comparison. Maybe Verstappen sees Albon as a threat and his confidence has taken a hit. Mm, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, this. my kind I... of gut reaction is that although he's not he's not been beating Albon, it's not like he's been losing the race on the road. It's often been other circumstances at play. I think yeah, if they were like both starting the race around the same position and Albon was just out racing him, then maybe yes. But the fact that they don't really actually see each other on the track all that much. I just don't think he's been as bad as as what it seems. Like, I think no, a few, it's definitely... a few of these have been out of his hands. Like in in Japan, like he, you know, he had that collision. It was no fault of his own. He was on for a really good result in Japan, and mm. he was just taken out of the race by Leclerc. Russia, he finished fourth, which was totally respectable. Singapore he finished third. Um, so it's only really like Italy, Belgium, and Japan, and Mexico was sixth. He's just had a bit of a run of bad luck, I think. I don't think it's anything to do with um, Albon showing up. Yeah, I think... Do you know what? I think it's... If anything, it's more the fact that the car's capable in certain scenarios that he's... It's maybe more the fact that it's himself than it is Albon. As in, it's... 
he's like he's in the mindset of Mexico, for example, is a a must win race for him because it's like this is the best shot I've got because of the 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 advantage that they get back, I guess, in, in Mexico. And it's things like that maybe more than it is Alban. If there is anything yeah. that's affecting him, I think it's more the pressure he's putting on himself than anything else. I mean, the, the way to look at it is when they both finish the race, who's further up the road yeah. in normal circumstances? And this this last race, yeah, Albon had a bit of a knock and, and sort of had to fight his way through, but Verstappen was a long way up the road for this one. And um, Mexico, he, just, he was just thinking out track. Russia, Russia, I remember... Verstappen being a long way up the road in that race as well. Singapore, he was well ahead of him. So, yeah, I, th- I, I don't think that Albon is yet better than Max Verstappen. I certainly don't think he's going to be throwing um, Verstappen off of his game just yet. No, I, th- I think until they actually have like battles on track, I honestly can't see Max giving him a second thought, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. TX High Heat 97 says, Oh, it's our friend who went to um, the race. <laughs> it yes. is, yes. Um, he says, or she says, they had a great weekend, um, great general admission seating in turns 11 and 19. Um, turn one was packed. The F4 races were crazy, 34 cars. And they, uh, they said it was very interesting when there was a, wasn't a yellow or safety car out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can see a 34 car race having many of those. <laughs> yeah. Um and he's that he's looking forward to listening to this week's podcast. So hi. Cool. TXI <laughs> Heat 97. Good good to hear you enjoyed it. Um Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Glad you had a good time. And yeah, if anyone else goes to any races and has any thoughts on it, feel free to get in touch. Yeah, I just yeah, I just like hope from people. Just hope you're not as tired as me. High Heat 97. Trying to think where it turns eleven and nineteen. Okay, eleven's the hairpin at the very bottom, and nineteen is the penultimate corner that they yeah, all run wide. were running wide and oh, getting deleted yeah. laps on. The Indy two car good spots. Corner. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the yes, IndyCar corner. The IndyCar corner. That's, that's so one. good. I showed the guys at work that video the other day. Oh, we were all yeah, we all found it very funny. <laughs> what track limits? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, next, uh, another email from someone who was at the race, uh, Drew Wright, Drew Wright this time, who says, uh, was at the race, first one, uh, was just the best to see all in person and to see Lewis get his sixth title. I'll definitely go into more, but the battle between Norris and Ricardo all race was awesome. Side by side with Hulk and Kimmy was really great to see. So another happy customer at the Circuit of the Americas. Yeah, lots of happy customers, lots of happy customers this week. I actually know someone else who went to the race and it was their first ever Formula One race. Um, they all picked a very good one to go to. Yeah, they did. Yeah. It's something that I couldn't recommend highly enough. Like if you have the if you were lucky enough to have the opportunity to do it, like whether it's that, you know, there's a race near you or you get the opportunity to travel to one, take it. If you are an F one fan of any level and you have the opportunity to do it, take it because it's yeah. something that you will not forget. Even if yeah. you are um, a more casual fan, you will definitely remember it, and it's it's worth taking the opportunity if it arises. That's all I'll say yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's a spectacle, and the, and the, each event's getting better and better and better as well mm. at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last one for this week. Tom Murray says, um, "I probably have just started watching the race." 
uh, by the time you finish recording this time. So I thought I'd ask how you guys go about recording the podcast. Do you all meet up somewhere or do you use Skype or something similar? Who is responsible for what part of putting it together? Also, please consider bringing back the Nyao guy for the <laughs> intro for this oh. one episode only. Yeah. Uh, keep doing Tom. what you're doing. Well, Another you got your wish there. And that was without <laughs> yeah. me seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as, as for the podcast mechanics, uh, we've only actually ever been in the same room to record once or twice ever, I think. Twice, twice. Yeah. yeah two or three um, times, maybe. We, we generally all sit in different locations, me and Stu in different parts of London and Tom up in Sheffield. Um, yeah, we, we, we've had a few where we've been sat together, haven't we, Chris? When, yeah, do you, when, like, usually when one of us is moving house. house, yeah, we have all the internet. <laughs> uh, yeah, but generally we just use a bit of online podcast recording software um and then tom edits it together afterwards and mm. Stu does all the pretty stuff and uh and i'm also here <laughs> <laughs> well no it's no because you are a very very good social media um, yeah i i generally do the tweets yes. yeah g- generally speaking if you st- uh, if you're speaking to somebody through the back of the grid account on social media it's sometimes me but more often than not chris and Chris does very the witty tweets. Me. Very, very rarely. Have you ever even logged into it? <laughs> I'm, I've, I've got it logged. I am logged into it. I've got it on my like account and stuff. But I don't really go on Facebook. Is the thing. So yeah, yeah it's kind of like uh, you know. I try to avoid Facebook and social media. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the wrong game. <laughs> oh, and if you see something on Twitter that's completely unrelated to Formula One and then gets hastily deleted, that was definitely me. Yeah. And I will always try and catch him out with it if I can. <laughs> yeah, it's usually replying you're to your other podcast. That's why. It's too easy. Well, no, what I tend to do is I tend to post things as my other thing that should be back of the grid. And Chris replies to that <laughs> with back of the grid as well. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> too, too many pods, too many pods. <laughs> Absolute hot mess. <laughs> Um, right. right, that will bring us to the end this week, I think. Uh, thank you very much for joining us and for everyone who wrote in. Uh, we will be back next week to preview the Brazilian Grand Prix. Only two races left now. As always, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Back of the Grid, uh, Facebook and Instagram, just search Back of the Grid. And the website where you can check the prediction results is backofthegrid.com. Um, so until next week, thank you very much for joining us and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. absolutely mental that they even oh. um like pitch shifted bono to make his last couple of innings like different notes to match the rest of the tune. yeah that's clever the the the, the things they can do these days <laughs> i should press stop oh technology these days oh.